up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of Tailgate Talk. Uh, we took a week off for some health reasons, but we are back. And after a lackluster week four game from the Orange and the Blue, the Colorado hype train spectacularly crashing on national television, Alabama reasserting itself against the fighting land sharks of Ole Miss, an instant classic from South Bend, and the Pac-12, aside from Colorado, having yet another banner week in their swung song season, there's a lot to talk about. One of my best and most ridiculous friends, Chris Marler from Saturday Down South, is graciously taking some time out of his Taylor Swift adoration schedules to join us today. So, Chris, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. You nailed that. That's that's all very accurate and spot on. This has been like the best week. I mean, I knew I I, kn- I know you're a Swifty just listening yeah. to that music crying at night, you know. <laughs> I don't cry at night anymore. I'm good okay. now. That's a, that's a positive, man. You know, I'm really happy for that journey, and I hope uh, it wasn't a cruel summer for you. Oh, there it is. That's good. No, we're not out of the woods yet, but I, you know, there's still, there's, I, I thought like that whole thing with, with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, like I, I like admittedly caught up in it immediately. I thought it was awesome. It was it's so much cult. fun. It's a cult. These Swifties yeah. are cult, cult-like, you know, they're going to be marching down the street for me, just calling them Swifties in a cult, I bet. But you know, here yep. we are. Uh, so let's get right to it. Uh, the Gators play Kentucky this weekend. So what are your initial thoughts on that matchup? So Kentucky hasn't played anybody. Um, it's it's been tough for the fact that like it, it's tough to gauge this team because Devin Leary is a guy that when you know he's at NC State, uh, his true freshman year, his freshman year, he was like a thirty-five touchdown to seven interception guy. Like I mean that is and that's exceptional, and at any Power Five conference, especially as a freshman, that hasn't really translated to the SEC. I thought that was a guy like like going into the season, I had him I think as like my third best QB in the SEC because I thought he would be a, a, a marked improvement, and he probably still is. From Will Levis, but nine touchdowns and five turnovers in four games against the 130th ranked strength of schedule is not good. And I think that going into the game against Florida, you're talking about a, a defense that's been very, very good. We saw what they did against Tennessee. Really, that game against Utah was was close. They Florida's offense just didn't do anything. I mean, they their defense them in that game exactly. And that game was closer in the first half than people remember. Um, the excuse me, the offense just couldn't do anything. And then they had that turnover in the beginning of the second half where they're inside the 15 yard line. And things just kind of get away from them. I, I think Florida wins that game. Now, I did see a stat today that's kind of concerning. That they've, they haven't won a, an SEC road game since the COVID season. And uh, That and is think, not true. They won at Texas A&M last year. Against the SEC East. So, I think that's <laughs> to, uh, Well played, to, sir. Well played. But it's, it's going to be like a, 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 you know, it'll be a fun atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's a really good spot for Florida. You know, it's not at night. It's a little bit of like a, a sleepy kickoff, I think, more for Kentucky than Florida because Florida really is the one that was something to prove here. Yep. And, and, you know, this is the first time since 2003 that this is not a night game in Lexington. So yeah. it's been 20 years. Um, and, you know, noon games favor the road team more than the home team because uh, mm. the road team has obviously been there the night before. They're settled. They're amped. Uh, whereas, you know, you just got to get up and roll out of bed if you're the hosting team for the new yeah. game. So, um, what do you, what do you think is the key, the number one key on both sides of the ball, uh, for Florida and Kentucky? So I think, I mean, protecting the football for one, and I think running the football effectively. And that's something like, like one thing that concerns me with Kentucky is that they have not put together a full game offensively, even with Liam Cohen coming back as the OC. It's either they've, they've done really well in the passing game and the running game hasn't been there or vice versa. Um, but checking the football, Graham Mertz, I don't think it's had a turnover since the, the Utah game. Um, he's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the SEC. Uh, it's been really fun to watch. You can tell he's starting to really like gel and, you know, for lack of better words, kind of feel himself in, like in that offense. And, um, 
I, I think the run game, especially like you have to, you have to figure out a way to establish a run for either team um, to get the passing game going. And I think it's like, I, I don't think that we're going to see some huge offensive outbursts from either side. I think it's going to be a defensive football game, like maybe a little bit more low scoring. Uh, but I like Florida. I do. I, I, I like Florida in the game. And I, I think that like, you know, Kentucky is a team that's four zero and ranked, but they haven't played anybody. And if is you're Kentucky Florida, ranked? yeah, huh. uh, I believe, Maybe they're not. I mean, if they if they aren't, they probably shouldn't be because they're they're four and zero, but they haven't they played the hundred thirtieth ranked schedule, like I said earlier. Um, if you're they Florida, are not you've ranked, already, but they did receive votes. Okay, so you've, if you're Florida, you've already gone on the road against Utah and kind of you know took some licks out there, but first game of the season, you know, and then now you you talk about coming back against Tennessee and and having a huge home game there. I think this is a really good spot for Florida. I think it's like you know, like I'm a big I'm a big stats guy and. Historically, Florida's just dominated this series, and it's always good when you have the ability to go into a game like this, the season after a loss, because you don't want to ever lose to Kentucky for Florida. You don't want to lose to Vanderbilt for Florida, but you're coming into a season where the, both those things happened, and so it's you're not in a, a spot where you're going to overlook that team like, where you might have in the past because you can't because and you got a little bit of a revenge factor and a chip on your shoulder. Well, this would be the first time if if Florida does drop the game against Kentucky, it would be the first time that they've lost they've lost three in a row since Bear Bryant was the coach in Lexington. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's it. It's one of those uh, watershed moments of the season, and I think this is a really good measuring stick for Florida to see where they yeah. are, and for Kentucky for that matter. This is the first real opponent that they played this year. Uh, yeah. To my knowledge. Uh, so. You know, that, that brings up a good question. You know, Mark Stoops, um, you know, I'm a Florida fan through and through, and I'm obviously wearing my orange today, but where does Mark Stoops fall in terms of coaching in the SEC? I, I, I think you can easily say he's the most successful coach since Bear Bryant at Kentucky. Oh, yeah. So so where does he fall in terms of current coaches in the SEC, if you were to rank them? Um, That's tough because I always hate the question with Mark, with Mark Stoops because it's like, you get he he gets like a built-in pass, and I and I don't really think that's like the best thing that we can like. Like there's like there's there's few coaches I feel like in the SEC at least where the goalposts move more than they do with with Mark Soups because it's like if you want to look at record and what he's done, then it's not that great. But they have. I, had I would see you that and raise you Jimbo. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like <laughs> I, it, it's one of those things where it's like, well, you you've been at Kentucky for a while you really dug it out of like, of, of like the mud and like what, what it was before you got there. Joker Phillips was like, was pretty bad. Um, but now you're in, you're, you've been there for like 10 years. Right. And so it's like, at some point, like, I, I think that Kentucky is a school that has like a built in ceiling a lot, like a lot, like the same, like along the lines of a team like South Carolina or Mississippi state, or, you know, I think it's only going to get worse. Like we talked about before with, um, with the uh, expansion and stuff like that of the SEC. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, it's Kirby, Nick, I'd probably, I don't know about Kiffin, um, Kirby, Nick. And then there's a wide gap. I, I would yeah. say there's a wide gap. You know, Kirby and Nick are, are, are the top of the game. Brian Kelly would be three for sure. I mean, um, they, they look terrible against Arkansas this weekend. That that actually shocked me that it came down to LSU didn't look good to me against Arkansas. Well, they just if we're talking about coaches in the SEC. I'm not going to base it off of the one game they had against Arkansas. Last I mean, week. yeah, and, well, they got spanked by Florida State. He's so, he's like coaches in college football 
active, I think, at like over 270 wins total. What's but, he done, uh, though? What's Brian Kelly done? I mean, yeah, he wins, but he doesn't win where it counts. I mean, think about every time Notre Dame went to the playoff. They they made the playoff, though, right? They did, but they got spanked when they when they went there. So it's like, what do you really have to show for it? To say that you went? I I, don't, I just don't like that. I, I don't. I, I hate that because it's like we just we just refuse to give credit. Like it's it's not it's not easy to win at a lot of places. It's not easy to win a national title ever. Well, and, Notre Dame. You want to talk about a built-in bias? I mean, Notre Dame will always have that. Yeah, know? but I mean, at the time it's like you can't like take away like that guy. That guy has. I mean, two hundred and seventy career wins. He's won at every level. He, he won at FCS. He won when he went to Cincy. He won at Notre Dame, and now you know he won in the SEC West in year one, which I don't think anybody thought he was going to yeah. do at LSU. Good point. Good point. So he, he, that that brings a good question. So we're looking at Mark Stoops. So who do you think has a year? We're sort of we're not at the halfway point, but we're getting there, right? We've seen enough. We're going into right. you know week five. So what do you? Who do you think at least? I'm, I I don't want to play the hot seat game. I don't like playing that game. So right. let's. Think about who has the most to prove for the rest of this year in the SEC as far as either teams, coaches. I mean, for teams, it's Tennessee. It's Tennessee and and and, and maybe Ole Miss, but it's Tennessee mainly because they're the team that start, started out in the top 15. Um, they're the team coming off the 11-win season where they beat Bama and they beat Florida and um, I'm trying to think of what else. You know, like I mean, they, they, they just curb-stomped Kentucky. Um, then you lose come, to South Carolina. Uh, in in horrific fashion, horrific fashion. But they they're going to beat South Carolina bad this weekend, so I'm you not think? really worried about that. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, um, South Carolina's last in the SEC in yards per attempt from from their their the secondary. They give up over eight and a half yards per attempt, which is awful. I think that Tennessee is the most approved because you know they they're the ones that build up all the hype. Joe Milton, you know, like I like I could have told you, and I did say it over and over and over again. Like, there's no way that that this Tennessee team just comes in and like doesn't miss a beat. After you lost two NFL draft picks at receiver, a first round draft pick at left tackle, and then a quarterback that's that's he's been better than than Peyton was from a statistical standpoint, and it, you know, like so, I don't I don't think you're going to just automatically replace that. Um, I think it's I think it's them for sure. From a coaching standpoint, it's Lane Kiffin, and I, I don't think he needs to pr- prove anything in terms of he just signed an extension last year, so he's not going anywhere. At the same time, like. That's a bad look last week against Alabama. It's a really bad look that he had because it was a winnable could, game. I mean, no, no, I know you're a Bama guy, but that that yeah. was a winnable game for Ole Miss for sure. And and he spent the entire week talking trash and 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 Twitter trolling and you know the castle's crumbling thing and all that kind of stuff from like on Twitter the the the, the Taylor Swift thing and then the Saturday morning he's posting he's going to Pilates and stuff like that and like that's all fine if you win but you didn't win and you got embarrassed and you took a team that had a like there was averaging 53.3 yards or i'm sorry 53.3 points per game going into that game um over 526 yards per game in total offense and you were held to 10 points you scored in your second drive and you didn't do anything else the rest of the game and i thought it was a really bad look because of all the stuff that he chose to do going into that game and if he's got another one at home against against lsu and what's scary is if you look at his record with, with, with Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin is five and four. Um, I'm sorry, five and five and five uh, in his tenure at Ole Miss in games coming off a, lo- a regular season loss. That's and not a good stat, Jim. <laughs> the five losses were by over ten and a half points per game, um, and equally unimpressive is the fact that the five wins 
One came against Vandy, one came against Liberty. Two were by one point apiece, and one was by three points against five and seven AM last year. So how does he respond? Because I don't think it's going to be great. I I tend to agree. I tend to agree. So um looking out away from the SEC, um, you know, there are two teams that I think were collectively looking at wondering what's next for them, and that's Colorado and Notre Dame. Um, so what do you what are your thoughts on on where they go from here? Um, Notre Dame, obviously, you know, <laughs> their their uh, their eleven men on the field mistake uh, probably cost them the game against Ohio State, um, and Man. Colorado just ran into a buzzsaw uh, at Oregon. So, what do you think? Uh, what do you think's next for them? I mean, so Colorado is in a unique situation that people don't really get because. One, we've never seen this before in college football. We just we've never seen this before. Like you're talking about a complete roster overhaul where you only have like eleven dudes from last year's team that are still on this team. Like it is it is an, a roster overhaul that we have absolutely never seen before. Um, I mean, this is like stuff like out of a movie. It's a it's just a crazy amount of new faces, and he's done a really good job. I mean, like people forget at the start of the year, Colorado's win total was three and a half, and they only won one last year. Yeah, and they lost in their last six games. In their last six games last year. They had, I think their defense gave up an average of like 53 points per game or 51 points per game um, in, the, in the six uh, games to close out the year. I mean, they were really, really bad. And so he doesn't have the dudes there. The reason why they're in a unique spot is because they, they have one of the best players in the country on their team. And he's currently out. But he's the best player on that team on offense and defense. So it's like... You're hamstrung. Like, I mean, this would be I like, like if- Shadur Sanders, though. I do. I do like Shadur Sanders as as a quarterback, but he's not big. He's small and fast. And you can see what Dion was trying to do in building this roster. He wanted to be faster than everybody. But mm-hmm. the problem is when you run into bigger teams like Oregon, sometimes, you know, Braun doesn't need doesn't yeah. meet well. well Oregon, Oregon's a really good team. That's that's a, that's another thing, too, is that like. People will get lost with some of the stuff that's happening in Colorado because they think that the Pac-12 is just like the, the Pac-12 and the, the defenses are awful and they're not very good. Pac-12 is the best conference in football this year, and Oregon is a really, really good team that can contend for the playoff. And how about that Bo Nix, man? Bo Nix is awesome. Bo Nix has awesome. had a rebirth out there. Yeah, it's been it's been really fun. Usually most most dreams go to die, in my experience, with anything involving Oregon. But, yeah, Bo Nix has been great. Um, no, I think I think the, the stuff that's going to happen this week with USC is – I don't see anything like Dan Lanning last week, which I, I loved that whole thing. Like, you know, I, I don't think he's going to have anything that's going to be like a, you know, a vengeance. They're doing it for clicks. <laughs> We're doing it for wins. I did listen. Fantastic. Man, it's just like, so I, I don't, I don't think you're going to have anything like that where they're going to get like a point proven, like, uh, you know, and like put on their heads or anything like that. I think that, I mean, USC's defense sucks. <laughs> USC, like their defense sucked last year. It sucks this year. Um, I and think Lincoln that, Riley is the coach that you can never count on in the games he needs to win. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's weird too because it's like we we base on college football and football in general now. It's always like, well, what's the most important position in sports? It is is the quarterback on a football team, and he has had multiple multiple Heisman winners go to the playoff and get slapped around. He's had, I mean, he's had multiple teams that have been like you know one loss teams get into the playoff and then just get embarrassed. So I, I think that. They're they're they are a good offensive team. I don't. I think they're the third best team in the, in the Pac-12. I, like, I, they don't they don't play a complete brand of football. They don't play. You got Oregon is number one. Who do you have as number two? No, I have Washington at one and Oregon number two. Oh, all right. Uh, USC might not be better than Oregon State, man. They, I, they might not even be better. They 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 legitimately could be the fifth best team in the Pac-12. 
It's just too early to tell. They've, they've played a horrible strength of schedule. Um, Washington last week scored an, a touchdown on offense, defense, and special teams. All three phases of the game, they did that all in the first quarter. Oregon has allowed two sacks, I'm sorry, seven total sacks in their last 17 games, dating back to the start of last year. Seven total. Bam has almost done that in one game. Um, don't, forget I mean, about, uh, don't forget about Washington State either. They, yeah, uh, Cam Ward's been awesome. Yep. And, and you know, yeah, they right. just beat Oregon State this weekend. So, right. you know, Washington State's going to hang around. You know, I am rooting for Oregon State and Washington State, and I realize you're not going to like the Oregon State That's fine. reference, but I feel like they got screwed in this yeah. in this expansion thing, and they have something to prove. And as a pure fan of football, I have no allegiance to either mm-hmm. one of those teams. You know, the the game of college football is changing. So yeah. I, I, I hope that they prove a point this year. That they are angry and getting in there and proving a point. So, and for the listeners that don't know what Casey's talking about, my ex fiance was an Oregon State grad. So I used Ooh. to pull it a lot. But I also will say this I, I like, I mean, I'm past that now. So it's whatever. But Oregon State, I picked them to, to win the Pac 12 at the start of the year because I do think they're a really, really good team. Um, and then, you know, they got a little bit of an uphill battle now after losing to Washington State on the road. But I'll tell you what about Oregon State from like the, the standpoint of, of, expansion that pisses me off for them is that's a football program that's on the rise that is a legitimate top 20 to 25 team in the country right now and last year and it's a basketball team that went to the elite eight in the last three years and a baseball program that is one of the best baseball programs in the country year after year so that is a brand i feel like you could everything has come down to tv markets right it's not about let's go get a good athletic department let's go get a good like like university with with like great teams and they have good academics and whatever they're not going to do that like that's because all they're trying to do is sell sell tv whether it's like ad dollars or if they want to just have tv contracts or whatever that's you all see what tom izzo said at michigan state today uh uh-uh. he came out and he said this is lunacy that yeah. he, you know and he's right i mean you got to think about it he's got to go all the way out to rutgers and now they're going to have to play washington I mean, if you're in Michigan, I mean, that that's unfair to student athletes. It's unfair to fans. And it's just lining the pockets of people at the NCAA that don't need another penny in their pocket, I, in my opinion. I said a couple years ago when the Big 12 expanded because they they were kind of like, you know, having to branch out because the, the the Big 10 taking Nebraska and then the Colorado going to Pac-12 and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you had like like this is a decade ago. Like you had West Virginia. Like my question was this. Who's paying for West Virginia – to go play a Wednesday night volleyball game in Fort Worth, Texas, because that is a long day of travel for a conference game or match or whatever you want to call it, like that you're going to have to go to. Who's paying for that? Because, and I thought it was bad then, because that's a very long distance to go from West Virginia to, to Fort Worth. You're talking about Rutgers going to Seattle or, or like, you know, going from like Happy Valley out to Pasadena on a, on a weeknight. Like, it's horrible for student athletes. It's horrible for like, and it's in, in just in the same way that they did the whole thing. We're going to shorten games. Why? Well, and then you've got, you know, the Atlantic Coast Conference. I know everybody calls it the ACC, but the Atlantic Coast Conference is now going to have Stanford in it? Like, what? Yeah, that, that's so huh? weird. You know, so it's that it, it that's an interesting point um, to make. So going back to the SEC, the last question I have for you before the uh, buy-sell round. What's your biggest surprise so far in in the SEC, whether it be good or bad, and outside the SEC that you've seen so far that you didn't see coming? Outside the SEC, I'll start there. 
I think we a lot of us slept on Sam Hartman in Notre Dame. Um, I think a lot of us slept on that because, and if you think about it, it's kind of dumb. Like I just didn't hear any preseason Heisman talk with him, and he's done everything to be in that conversation, regardless of what happened last week. It, like, I mean, like that, about like that, a, that was not a loss in Sam Hartman. That was a loss on the Notre Dame coaching staff, without a doubt. And so, and that, that's a team that they're still going to play USC. They're still going to go on the road at Clemson, who will probably be ranked by the time they play him. They still, they still have games like against against other teams. Like they got a game against uh, Duke this weekend. Duke is ranked. Duke. Game day is going there. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get to this, but I said it on my podcast too, and I. It'll sound crazy, but Duke would beat Alabama right now. They, they, they are. They would. They would. Wow, that's a that, that's a strong statement. I mean, I'm just. They are. Listen, Duke has played three of their. I'm sorry. They they played three of their four games against teams that made a bowl last year or Power Five teams. Right? They played Northwestern. They played like who's a Power Five team? Obviously, um, UConn was a bowl team last year. People forget this. UConn. UConn was like what was propping up Michigan's strength of schedule last year for for a while until they played uh, at Penn State. Like or played Penn State at home, like UConn won six games last year. They're not world beaters, but like you know, and they played Clemson. And so I, I will tell you this: if you told me that if you had if you if you just put like a like a dark spot over the two helmets, and and I said, hey, tell me if this team where this team should be ranked, and I and I told you it was Michigan, okay? If I told you it was Michigan, and I said they beat Clemson twenty eight to seven, they beat Northwestern by I think it was like thirty. Um, or like 21 or something like that, 35 to 14. Then they beat some FCS team, you know, like a drum. And then they also beat uh, UConn 41 to seven. If I told you that was Michigan, you would say, yeah, that's a top five team. They beat Clemson and they beat the, the breaks off a, a conference game. And then a Scooby dude pulled the hat, you know, the, the thing off the top of the hat and said, oh, never mind, it's Duke. You know, if they had a different logo on the side of that helmet, they would be in the top 10 or top five. And Michigan has not impressed me at all. I mean, you want to talk about them. They played East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. I mean, they yeah. haven't even played. A, they don't. Michigan does not play a ranked team until November 11th when they go to Penn State. Yeah. And I mean, they play Ohio State. They have played two ranked teams all year. They did the same thing last year for the entire season. They had the mean, seven, They only had two teams they played last year before the playoff that were ranked. I mean, that's before the playoff, not even their conference championship game. And another fun fact about Michigan, they go on the road this week to play. I, I looked this up today. It's one of my favorite stats. They go on the road this weekend to play Nebraska. All right. Ne Nebraska's two and two. They were four and eight last year. Michigan goes on the road to play Nebraska. It is the first time they will leave the state of Michigan for a game in the month of September since 2019. That's they They've played 14 teams. Well, you're not allowed to talk about that because you're a Florida fan. Hey, um, hey, hey, hey. We've got state. great schedules coming out. And we went to you. you, but, you but, like, it's in the – they haven't left the state since 2019. And, and, and the other thing is they've played 14 games in the month of September, right, uh, since 2019. Um, only three of those teams have had winning records. Only three. Western Michigan, Northern Illinois, and Iowa. Hunters are people, too. Mm -hmm. Iowa, you know, punting where uh, we turn it into a whole separate thing in Iowa. Yeah. But man, they got the break speed off of them. Uh, real quick, uh, Penn State, real or for re real or not for real? Real. Very I, real. I, I would like to see that happen. I mean, they look good on Saturday night. Um, you know, Penn State, if you take away, uh, you, you know, comparing Michigan and what uh, the schedule that they're playing, I mean, you look at Penn State, they have to play. At Ohio State, 
and then they play Michigan at home. Uh, you know, that, that schedule is not the easiest for them to get there. You know, they, uh, mm-hmm. they have to play at Maryland. Uh, they have to play Michigan state. I mean, that's Penn state could be your big 10 could be your big 10 champion this year because I'm, I was not impressed with Ohio state. I mean, yes, that was a gutsy win. I'm mm-hmm. not impressed with Ohio state. I am um, more, more impressed with Ohio state than I am Michigan, but I'm more impressed with Penn state than all of them because Penn correct. state, Penn state might have the best quarterback in the big 10 with Drew Alar. Yep. They've got the, they've got maybe the best running back tandem in the country with, um, with who they have in the backfield there. They've got, they can rotate two and three deep on the defensive line, just like an sec school. Like they, they are special teams. I mean, are lights out this year. Yeah. They're very deep. They're very deep on the defensive line. And I'll tell you the other thing too is this: they they won that game against Iowa, thirty-one nothing, right? It, this and now listen, we can make fun of Iowa's offense all we want, but this is a real stat, and it's a Iowa has game. an offense. Yeah, <laughs> Iowa had seventy-six total yards of offense against Penn State. They had fifty-four of it on the on the uh, on the first two drives. They they had eight of their ten, I think, uh, total possessions were three and outs. Like, I mean, like, like, pin, but, and listen, that's, they put up 41 the week before. Like, Iowa's offense has been better. They got, they got embarrassed against Penn State. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And, and you know, I, as an SEC fan, uh, I, I, I like seeing James Franklin um, getting his, yeah. you know, what he did at Vanderbilt, I think people either have forgotten about or not given enough credit to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I love to see him be successful. So you know I'm rooting for Penn State this year. Yeah. Um, so buy sell. This is going to be a segment where I just give you a name and you say buy or sell, and you okay. can either choose to elaborate on that or not. Totally up to you. Uh, buy sell. Florida State. Buy. Georgia Bulldogs. Buy or sell. I'll buy because the schedule's easy. Do you think Georgia loses a game this year? I do. I I was going to say this is my biggest surprise, and it shouldn't be, but in the SEC, the biggest surprise for me with them is that how how slow they've started. And I get that, like, I mean, listen, that's the 110th ranked strength of schedule they've played. They played UAB, UT Martin, Ball State, and South Carolina. They were losing at halftime in South Carolina. You have to give them credit because they they were able to win. But that schedule is so easy. It would be I'd be shocked. At, like if they get challenged till late October or November when they play y'all Ole Miss and, and Tennessee, but that I mean it is it, like they're they're not like they're they're injured and beat up. They're just not the team that I thought they would be, and they'll, maybe they'll get better along the way. But they they didn't start like this the last two seasons. And, and, and you know Carson Beck just has not come out. You, you know you look at recent Georgia quarterbacks like um, Jake Fromm or. Stetson Bennett, who was there for 438 years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those guys had command of that offense and those yeah. guys knew where to put the ball. They knew how to manage the game. Carson Beck just looks lost out there. Yeah. Than the not. So, I don't know about that. I think he's been pretty good. Yeah, I, I think he's been pretty good, but he's not good by Georgia quarterback, recent Georgia quarterback standards. Just Stetson. Um, so uh, buy, buy, sell Miami. Uh. I don't know enough about Miami to be honest to say that I'll, I'll say sell just because they still got to play Florida state. And I think they've got a couple other games in the, in the awesome. ACC, ACC that could be tough. So I would say sell, but I think it's a better team than, than people thought for sure. And Van Dyke has been awesome. Uh, buy sell Clemson. I'll buy for the rest of the schedule. Cause it's the ACC, but like, 
they because they should have beat Florida State, but they got. I was very, I was very angry. And Dabo, if you're listening to this, I'm very angry with you, sir. I mean, yeah, he had them the whole game. Of his own actions or just catching up with them. I'll, I'll like, I'll say bye. But I mean, I, I think they're they're a nine win team, which isn't bad. But it's like, I mean, you know, whatever. And the last buy sell, the SEC has a national champion this year. Sell. Yep. Same here. here. Uh, And just for the listeners, easy questions to end uh, this episode two of Tailgate Talk. What's your favorite SEC stadium? Aside from Alabama, you can't pick that. Ryan Denny is not, wouldn't be it anyway. My favorite stadium. I love going to Athens as a city. It's my favorite. Uh, Death Valley, probably. Death Valley is a lot of fun. I've always had a good time there. I've never seen a Bama game there, so that's probably why. Um, and I'll tell you what, I, I got to experience Auburn from the field, so it's a little bit different. But that was an incredible atmosphere. It's probably the best atmosphere I've ever been in. That's that's awesome. You, you know, I got a – Arkansas was my favorite. Um, we went out there in 2016, and the fans were great. Uh, the stadium was great. Um, you know, even though we lost, the fans were just absolutely, thank you for coming. Do you need help back to your hotel? Do you need ideas with things? Yeah. Um, I was really impressed. Um, what's what's your favorite SEC tradition? Favorite SEC tradition, winning. Um, <laughs> I don't. That's that's tough. Favorite SEC tradition. You know I, what? I'll I, even give you a favorite Bama tradition and a favorite SEC tradition, and I'll I'll tell you my favorite Florida tradition is uh, I went back down at the end yes. of the quarter. I think that's fantastic, and the world got to see it at night with the new lights in the stadium. Uh, but you know I love and i realize i probably shouldn't be saying this on the week that we play them i love it when kentucky does uh the call to the post uh before oh. the game so i i think that's really really cool even though it it's horse racing it represents that yeah. state so i don't know if that helps you with your answer at all um my favorite tradition i mean again it's kind of tough just because i'm, I'm like off the top of my head there's so many i think that oh man this is a tough question like and here I thought it was, I was letting you off easy at the end. Oh, playing playing Thunderstruck, I like that. I love when LSU plays Neck. I think that's really cool. Um, South Carolina with Sandstorm. Yeah, Sandstorm's fun. It just they play it too much. Um, but if I have to hear that damn bird crowing in the background or that yeah. rooster or whatever that is on third down, I swear I hear that in my nightmares. I don't know. That's a really tough question. I, I just I think there's there's like. There's so many, you know, Athens when they do the 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 thing with Bob O'Reilly and and Larry Munson's voice coming over the stadium, I think that's awesome. I mean, the other stuff is too. It's like I, I think that like for me, when I say traditions, like in the SEC, I I just love stuff like the stories you hear and stuff that like makes it so like like Georgia's playing Auburn this weekend, and and that's not like it hasn't from a results base, it hasn't been a rivalry in, in a while because Georgia's won 15 out of the last 18. But like like one of my favorite things about that it's my favorite game in the in the entire conference every single year because it's like there's so much history there. They've been playing since 1892. They played, they played in uh in in Piedmont Park for the first time. I just I think there's a lot of cool rich history with stuff like that. And you look at it, Georgia leads 63-56. So I mean, it's a close rivalry. Uh, I mean, it's always and, and that rivalry is generally crazy. So I'm with you. I I, I love that, and that's another uh, casualty of conference. You know, I'm assuming that that will that will be kept. But you look at a lot of these games, like 
Alabama, Old Miss probably will be going the way of the Dodo Bird. But, um, you know, Florida, Kentucky, I think that rivalry is finally getting good, uh, but we don't play Kentucky next year. So um, I'm interested to see where that goes. Uh, But last question, favorite uniform in the SEC and your least favorite uniform in the SEC? I think LSU is the most overrated, to be honest. Um, I don't. I don't really get it. I love when they do the white pants, purple jerseys, and white helmets. I think those are very underrated. Um, best uniforms. Those, those Ole Miss sky or uh, what do you call it? The powder blue ones. Powder, the yeah. cool. I like those. Um, Auburn's all whites are awesome. I love those. Um, Kentucky's got some very underrated ones as well, especially when they have the chrome helmets. I like that. Yeah, yeah I like that a lot. And, and Carolina's got a couple that are fun. See, I think Tennessee's this, going dark mode this weekend. Yeah, I, I, it's, that's that's kind of overrated for me. I feel like Tennessee. Uh, I, I like their smoky grays. I don't like the black. I hate the smoky grays. All right, so my my favorite. I mean, the purple and white combination, which we really see from LSU, is one of my favorites. But I think that my the best ones, in my opinion, the all white stormtroopers from Auburn are really really good. And I will say the Ole Miss powder blues. All right, all right. And uh, what's your final score prediction for? Florida, Kentucky, and does Florida or is the spread covered or does Florida upset? Florida 2017. All right. I'll take that. All right, everybody. Well, go and have a good week. Go Gators. And thank you, Chris, for your time. We appreciate it. And uh hope uh hope it, who, who does Bama play this weekend? Mississippi State. All right. I'm leaving. I gotta go. Silence those cowbells. See you, bud. Bye.